0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Hardcore Gamers Show—a show for gamers made by gamers. I'm your hardcore host, Vince Hand. It's Sunday, July twenty fifth, twenty twenty one, and with me today is Michael Koval.
1: Hey there, Vince.
0: And Nathan Ludol. Howdy, howdy. If you're listening now, you're in for a treat. This is our Game Club episode for July twenty twenty one. Listeners, each month we play a new game, gather our thoughts and yours, and vote to decide if the game can win our hardcore seal of approval in our Game Club episode, airing at the end of each and every month. It's now! This month, we've been playing a game so secretive we forgot to tell you what it was. Sorry about that. Uh, But we're playing Kentucky Route Zero. Remember, you can play along with us by subscribing to the podcast service of your choice, and you can get in on our Game Club discussion by sending an email to hgzgameclub at gmail.com. A quick aside, a game must receive a majority vote in order to be inducted in the Hardcore Game Club Game of the Month Hall of Game? Are Are we sure about that title, Michael? I think we could workshop it a little.
1: Um... We'll see what happens. We'll see. <laughs> we've, we've got the seal of approval. Uh, <laughs> and may, maybe we'll line them up in a hall, and that'll make it a hall of, of approved games, right? Listeners, you can donate
0: to help construct this hall. Uh, but before we get into construction, Michael, do you want to tell me a little bit about what you've been playing?
1: Uh, yeah, Vince. Uh, I've been playing a couple of things. Uh, I played through A Plague Tale, Innocence. Uh, this month. This is from uh, Asobo Studio as the developers, and this was one of the free games uh, on PS Plus this month. Uh, They came out with the uh, next-gen upgrade versions, Uh, so I played through... Yeah, I played through on uh, PlayStation 5. Uh, And the game um, is... uh, uh, The PS5 looks great. Uh, The PS5 upgrade looks great. It's really gorgeous. And that uh i think kind of speaks to the whole feeling i had about the game was like i don't know if you've heard about this one but it seems pretty unassuming uh i didn't hear a lot about it you know in the lead-up to its release but playing it um just everything about it is like better than i was expecting um graphics actually look amazing uh story is actually really cool and intriguing Uh, gameplay is fun, and there's more depth than just uh, your starting uh, sling, because you play as a character with a sling. Um, But That one was a lot of fun. I don't know if you guys got a chance to check that one out.
0: It's uh, it's the game of the month for, uh, or rather, it's a PS Plus free game of July 2021. Listeners, uh, if it is still on the PlayStation Store by the time this episode is out, which it won't be, uh, (laughs) you can download I love I love uh, just having our timelines be completely wrong with, like, <laughs> when people can get stuff. Uh, but anyway, if you're listening yeah. to this podcast, then you know when the PS Plus <laughs> games of the month are leaving. Uh, but this game, I think, it was released in, like, 2019, right? And it's getting a next-gen update now. Uh, do you think that other games that maybe released a little earlier on in the or i suppose later in the last gen lifetime if they get a ps5 upgrade or next gen upgrade would you be more likely to kind of dive in and try those games out again
1: uh i would say yes um i know uh i'm still kind of in this mode where i just want any next gen experience i can get uh you know if a game's got a ps5 version that definitely makes me pay a little bit more attention to it. And I think there's a lot of candidates that, like you mentioned, kind of came out in like 2019-ish that are close enough that I... Oh, I mean, I'm not a dev. I can't speak to exactly how much uh, dev time and effort that takes. Um, But it seems it must have been simple enough to just kind of uh, improve and take advantage of uh, the next-gen hardware in a way where... Uh, you know, they've pushed the graphics, uh, they've pushed the frame rate and it, uh, everything just feels a little bit smoother and the loading times um, are optimized for sure where, you know, things are loading in seconds rather than, well, 40 seconds or something.
0: <laughs> more seconds.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so and, I, I would love to see even more uh, games do this. I know another one that I uh, waited on um, was Yakuza Like a Dragon, which had released last year. PS5 version came out this year and I waited Uh, and you know it's just a a great experience when the loading screens you don't even think about them and the graphics and frame rate are running uh you know really high like you know your system can handle
0: Mm -hmm. now uh I I see you also got another uh software hardware terror on your list uh can you can you tell me a little bit about this one
1: yeah, I uh you know there's I've been playing some some Elder Scrolls 5 Skyrim. And the reason for that is there's just nothing else like it, you know? <laughs> uh, I I wanted to play a Skyrim like and uh there's just nothing else exactly like it. So I went back and played some Skyrim. I've got uh, over 700 mods running on this uh so wow. I'm I'm hardly playing the game uh that you would recognize from 2011. Um the modding scene is crazy at this point. I won't go uh, into all of the details, but I guess to highlight some of the cool cool ones, I've got uh, people have made a mod for like a more dynamic third person camera. Uh, so it and people have put in new animations, um, so you can play it like this third person action adventure game that doesn't feel anything like uh, vanilla Skyrim and feels a lot more uh, like a modern sort of game. Um, so it doesn't feel anything like original Skyrim, but I've put so many hours into it and that, that's been keeping me entertained, uh, in this little bit slower time.
0: That's so exciting. And I think you're right about there being no real RPG equivalent to Skyrim. Even Fallout 4 doesn't have that same level of exploration and opportunity that Skyrim does, you know, and, and I will say that as far as like, you know, the, the love, the absolute love i feel for uh bethesda bugs is so so real i consider that a feature you know in most bethesda games it's just not there in fallout 4 a little too much polish a little too vanilla uh but when you get a bunch of mods on there too i feel like a game that exists 10 years later and is still serviceable to you know current generation hardware is that's a masterpiece So, uh, now that we've talked a little about them Western RPGs, Nathan, do you want to tell me a little bit about the RPG you're playing?
2: Yeah, I am playing the uh, remastered version of Ni no Kuni on the. Well, it's originally for the PS4 on my PS5. Yeah, yeah, it's been cool. I um, I've been eyeballing this game for uh, quite a while just because like the first thing like struck me about it was like the visuals obviously. And, um, kind uh, of the background. That, did,
1: is that the one they worked with uh studio Ghibli? They did. did they they all, did the
2: animation. They did all the like big cutscenes, scenes, uh, anime cutscenes are done by studio Ghibli. And like, okay. it looks like you're watching a movie. It's, it's really cool.
0: Wow. Now tell me, Nathan, uh, I know that this is a, uh, A little bit of a jrpg i know there's some like monster capturing mechanics but i'm a little uh uh, unsure of how the combat plays out can you talk a little bit about that and how it maybe like does or does not uh differ from a casual jrpg like turn-based combat
2: yeah yeah uh so like the best comparison i could make to the combat system for it would be something akin to like knights of the old republic honestly um kind of that real time um you know uh pressing actions not sort of like turn-based but not really it's kind of like a half and half um you use familiars Um, that do different like abilities it it kind of looks like pokemon when you first like look at the like setup like you got like little creatures in front of you and you send them out to attack um the biggest difference is that their health is your health so if you're familiar like is getting like it's butt kicked over and over you're taking that damage as well and so there's a lot of like micromanaging going on and to a lot of people that can be kind of a nightmare and i think that's like the most like divisive point about this game and it's like can we kind of make a break
0: that's really interesting um do you like the monster capture mechanic do you like having your studio ghibli pokemon party i
2: do now it took me a few hours (laughs) right i don't know it's it's so weird it's like learning to like ride a bike right it's so like different from anything else like well, and you
0: just finished up Persona, too, which has a very, uh, I would say, uh, dynamic and very uh, user-friendly uh, way of cycling through all of your different Personas, trying to find different uh, advantages, disadvantages, uh, typing kind of things. Uh, is it is it a lot different than that?
2: Yes. I, I can't even... It's just its own unique thing. Like, when people, like if you were, like, pinpoint and tell somebody like you know, can you be like okay that's like that dumb combat like <laughs> that nobody ever uses except for them is but, it uh, is it difficult then would you say or is it just kind of got a learning curve yeah it's kind of hard honestly i'm playing just like on the normal and i it's been it's just so different like just swapping between your partners and having to do all this but you don't have like You know, turn base to fall back on to do this in between. You are actually like timing wise, you gotta nail it, or you're gonna get slaughtered. Yeah. So it's it it's unique.
0: (laughs) Well, I can't wait to hear uh, a little more about it when you tell us about it months down the line. You're (laughs) in a JRPG now, buddy. You're gonna be here a while. Um, Speaking of uh rpgs i've been playing one uh i guess it is a role-playing game huh because uh, i'm a cowboy baby i'm playing red dead redemption 2 and i am so 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 into it a game yee-haw yee heckin ha um i i really did not think that i was going to get this invested in uh red dead redemption 2 I kind of stayed away from it in 2018 because I heard Rockstar administered quite a bit of crunch and I was making a point to not play it because I was cool and edgy and yada, yada, yada. It went on sale, so I finally got it. Um, <laughs> and I got to say, I think I'm really glad that I waited for the PS5 before playing it because now, like, load times aren't a thing. Those graphics are smooth, that frame weight that frame rate is consistent (laughs) um i'd be i'd be shocked if they didn't try to give this a ps5 like next gen update you know i feel like this game is just ripe for it
1: Uh, i think uh they've got the gta 5 uh next gen versions coming later this year and because they
0: can get microtransactions on it
1: yes yes Uh. i think i think i think gta is more popular but I would love to see it as well like I like we were talking about you know any next-gen upgrades um, but I don't know Red Dead's already Red Dead 2 is already so gorgeous you know do you think it would take that much advantage of a, of a next-gen upgrade
0: I think so if only for um, I would I would say uh, consistent uh, high definition textures would be wonderful uh, it gets a little muddy sometimes especially when you're like walk in kind of like close to rocks or uh, if you're observing some planes you can see where it kind of like bleeds and blends and that's a totally fine thing I don't know how to make a video game but um, I think that and uh, man dual sense if I can feel that horse's hoof beat as I'm riding um, if I could like be able to pop off faster shots on my pistol just by like slamming down like I would I would be so, so pleased about that. But while I got you here, y'all, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our friend of the show, Shreya. Um, if you're listening, Shreya, I can't believe it. I truly can't. If you're not, here's your shout out. Haha. Ha. Um, but that's going to do it for uh, what we've been playing. And uh, in just a second here, we're going to get into our game club discussion on Kentucky Route Zero. What's up gamers, thanks for checking out the Hardcore Gamer Show, our show for gamers made by gamers. Not going to edit that out because it's funny. (laughs) Make sure to subscribe on your podcast service of choice, share with a friend, and remember you can be a part of the show by writing to hgzgameclub at gmail.com with questions, comments, game of the month suggestions, or anything to make the show better. Tell me where to find Fossil Bones in Red Dead Redemption 2, Please. Alright gamers, our game club, Game of the Month, is a little game called Kentucky Route Zero. So, I had only really heard of this game when they announced the, uh, the TV edition that was released in January 2020, but the original release date was uh, around January 2013. Uh, This game was developed by Cardboard Computer, and the TV edition was published by Annapurna Interactive. It is a point-and-click adventure set in Kentucky. You are a... uh, well, you are a lot of things, really. But the first thing you are is a delivery driver by the name of Conway. You're delivering antiques to the uh, mysteriously addressed 5 Dogwood Drive, I believe? Um, this game started out as a Kickstarter project, which uh, I'm starting to think is becoming a little less rare in the year 2021. Uh, but it was backed on Kickstarter for uh, just around $8,000. Can you believe that? Could you believe trying to make a game for
2: $8,000? Uh, that is really... absolute booty. Honestly, like that is no funding. <laughs> yeah. Spread over like seven years as well. So.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm sure they. I'm sure they received other funding. I'm sure that's why it probably took a while. Uh, but the acts began releasing periodically uh, between 2013 through 2016. Uh, acts one through four, with the console edition and final act releases coming together in January of 2020. Uh, the release of Act Five and the TV slash console edition uh, included act breaks, uh, which surprised me a lot because when I was playing, I felt that they were so integral to uh how the game played and i guess uh now's as good a time as any uh nathan what were your uh just basic impressions about this game
2: yeah so like the first thing that strikes me about it is it's uh minimalist art style right like there's no facial expressions on any of the characters but i mean it's entirely dialogue based so i guess it really doesn't even matter in the um in the end in that respect But, uh, yeah, just, like, initial impressions, it's, like, this is, uh, it's a lot of reading, but, you know, I'm enjoying it. Like, it's a really, like, cool novel, right?
0: It is. I I like that the, uh, the lore in this game is just presented as reading as, like, the game, whereas, like, a lot of the lore in Dishonored 2, like, is also reading, but you kind of just have to, like, take the time to do it in between, like, these big assassination Uh, sequences. So uh, lots of reading in the last couple games we've been playing. Uh, Michael, uh, how did you feel about this game? How'd you like it?
1: Uh, Yeah, it was definitely an interesting experience. Uh, Lots of reading, like Nathan mentioned. Um, I would probably also shout out the art style throughout the game. I was really enjoying it. And there are certain sections where Ah, uh, you get to work, walk in kind of a circular motion around uh, some of the objects, and I really liked those places as well. Um, great sense of style throughout, um, I thought, but um, it was a little bit of a trudge to get through because uh, most of what you're doing is uh, talking. It's mostly a walkie-talkie, um, and it's all there's no voice acting or anything, so it's it's a lot of text to get through. Um, but I did uh, play all all five acts all the way through the through to the end, um, and had an okay time.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I feel like Kentucky Route Zero is a very interesting uh, spin on point and click adventures. A lot of point and click adventures uh, kind of trap you in a room or trap you in a level, a scene, a scenario, and you kind of have to use your intuition, check every corner, kind of like mark every box until you like finally find a solution. You know. If you don't check a drawer that a key's in, you can't really say use key on a locked door. Um, And with Kentucky Route Zero, the uh, impetus of the game isn't to necessarily solve it. It is more to kind of experience it. I would say this is uh, probably one of our first uh, vibe-based game club games, (laughs) uh, where the vibe is everything. It is uh, <laughs> it is inseparable from the game itself uh, because you spend a lot of the game kind of being a uh, like a
1: co-storyteller, you know? It's not really a puzzler, kind of like you're alluding to. And I think a lot of point-and-click adventures uh, revolve around, like you said, find the key or something to open this door. It's mostly just talking to progress and when you're moving around it's not really to find anything other than to go forward which is fine you know uh like you said it's all it's all kind of about the vibe and being along for the ride i think there are uh a couple of points uh in the story i don't remember specifically but i i do i do remember picking them up where there was a couple of times where characters say something like oh people can be so impatient these days or something like that (laughs) where i was like the game the game is like subtly telling me like yeah. just cool it, you know, you're here like for the ride. You're you don't need to like rush through this.
2: But there's definitely like a fine balance, right? Like I definitely enjoy just like the story the developers made for it, but you do kind of meander a bit at times and then it can make it a little difficult to just like keep going through, right? <laughs> I really enjoyed
0: uh I think it was the end of act one um, as you're walking down a hill to get back to your truck, um, maybe it's not the end of act one, but it's the end of one of the scenes, um, uh, as you're walking down the hill, the camera kind of pans out as you're hearing a song playing, and you can see the silhouettes of, like, band members, of people playing along and singing along, and these beautiful harmonies, and it's a gorgeous song, um, I couldn't really track down with any certainty the uh, singers, musicians that were involved, uh, and you know, sorry to say it, but it sounded a lot like Father John Misty to me, which I loved. I think like that little bit of like folksy Americana is great, but uh, what I really enjoyed was you know it doesn't take too long to get back down to your truck. The song goes on a little longer. And uh, when you interact with the truck, it kind of gives you these options uh, to instead of being like, go to next area or exit, it's like, uh, uh, Conway gets loaded up, uh, and then the other option is uh, Conway uh, slows down a little. And I did like seeing like, slow down a little as kind of like a, hey, man, like, you know this is gonna be the rest of the game so if you want to skip straight to the end you can but you know take some time take some consideration and uh, yeah. that that was something I was able to bring with me for most of the game
1: the the choices and a lot of the information is all is all diegetic like in in the story as well but yeah Con, Kanye was my favorite character throughout as well Yeah,
0: yeah yeah I know, we're all waiting for Donda to drop. By the time this episode's edited, Donda still won't be out. Ugh. Anyway, yes, Conway uh, is sort of the uh, main... protect. He's the first character you kind of play as, uh, and very quickly you uh, run into Shannon, who uh, is a, uh, I guess I want to say, electrician. She's kind of a tinkerer. Uh, It seems like a lot of the jobs in the uh, story of Kentucky Route Zero kind of, like, revolve around either working for or working kind of, like, in opposition with this, uh, like, localized power company, which uh, sort of acts as, like uh, like, a mining town company where, like, you live on... Company land in company houses. You go to the company store to spend your company wage on like things you need to survive, um, and so that immediately creates this like kind of like small like in-world conflict. And I just want to say, uh, as a quick aside, before we get too deep into uh, what goes on in the later acts, uh, this is going to be laced with spoilers. But as you'll probably hear from the discussion don't really think spoilers matter in this game because you end up telling most of it. Michael, what you said about kind of like following uh, bits and pieces in the diegesis, you know, you pick what like kind of threads you want to follow. Were there uh, any things that really caught your eye or were there moments where you saw a text option and you go like, oh, I have to pick this?
1: Um. Yeah. There are a couple of of times where, like you said, you kind of get the choice of like how the story is told. Uh, I thought um, I I do have one specific example that I'll give, but yeah, just to sort of broadly mention it. There's a couple of times where it's like uh, your, your character is telling the story and the character's like, Oh, what happened? And you can be like, Oh, Cheryl did this. Or you can choose, Oh, Steve did this. And it's like, you can that can go com- two completely different routes, but one that I had to choose uh, was probably the bears floor. Um <laughs> when there's one building you go into uh and you've gotta take an elevator. Um and there's one floor that you can go to that's just bears. I had to click on bears. <laughs>
0: yes, that is uh the bureau not the bureau of secrecy, the bureau of something. I don't know. Um but that that occurs pretty early on in the game, and yes, it is a floor filled with bears. Non-lethal, luckily.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I don't know if there's a fail state. Uh, actually, <laughs> actually, I did die uh, one time. So. Oh really? Oh. oh. Wait. It's uh, it's in the uh, it's in the Xanadu computer simulation, uh, that you run. I think in chapter three of this or act three of Kentucky Route Zero. Uh, but there, uh, there's a hole that you can get to because you play sort of this text adventure almost. In um, a text
0: adventure, in a point and click.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and mm. uh, you, you get to a hole, and uh, I just sort of wasn't paying full attention, I guess, because I, I I didn't click like the bottom option, which was to
2: secure a rope first. <laughs> I just said go in the <laughs> hole. Uh, but you get, a, I got a Steam trophy for dying. <laughs> you know, I did that ex- same exact thing, and I got uh- <laughs> yeah it weird.
0: It's really funny because I did kind of check. Uh, I, I played mine on PS5, and I was checking kind of like the trophies that popped up when I p- pressed the PS button. And uh, there was one for like dying in Xanadu. It's like, oh, I didn't figure that out. It's because I did secure a rope, you weirdos. <laughs> Will you just where's swan dive into a strange hole in the ground?
1: Where Where's your sense of adventure? Come on.
0: Uh, my sense of adventure is directly connected to my sense of survival <laughs> I ran and
1: I died with me at the bottom of that hole
0: <laughs> well there you go That's and that's another way the game invites you to make the story your way alright that's a little self satisfying but I had to mention it because I feel like it. it kind of is like in the spirit of the game to allow you to like Explore what you want and explore what you don't. I kind of did lose uh, some patience later on in some of those uh, Later acts they get very very long and uh, a lot of the time What I wanted to do was I wanted to get to kind of like the meaty bits so I would kind of gloss over conversations or in uh, areas where I could be with a lot of characters I usually chose to be with like Mm -hmm. one or two characters uh, because I found those relationships a, a little more fruitful and a little more uh, rich for me. But I could see how uh, everyone can maybe like walk away with a different story or different plot lines or different endings. Um, Nathan, uh, I want to ask you specifically, uh, what happened to Ezra in your game?
2: Oh, um, well... I think I set him with Junebug, if I remember correctly.
0: Junebug and Johnny?
2: Yes. I think I, like, paired, uh, or not paired, like, uh, grouped them together um, at the end, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. I uh, Funny that you mentioned it. Ezra was actually probably the character I paid attention to the most too, throughout really? the story. Um, I don't know. I just kind of latched on to the uh, boy and his giant-ass bird. He had a big eagle, which is unfair <laughs> to uh, most, like,
0: travelers on the Zero. Like, and and I, I gotta mention here, the, motive, the modes of transportation, the different modes of transportation in this game are uh, surprising. And I think apt for a game about, like, navigation. Um, but there are big wheels you ride in. There are tugboats that you go along in. There's a little, like, scuttler like, kind of like motorboat you can take out. There's your van, of course. And at one point, you do get on the back of a damn bird. Or it doesn't show you on the back. Maybe you're in the closet. Maybe it's mouth. How cute.
1: Yeah, you get to travel uh, on the sort of minimalistic map and the whole experience is very surreal uh, as well. So, that's a lot of fun.
0: It was cool seeing uh markers on the map and being like, "Oh, yeah, wait, I do want to like stop by here and get a good like couple lines of like lore or text or like dang, this building's really empty, huh?" Anyway, <laughs> and just like on with the adventure.
1: That's funny, Nathan, cuz Ezra was probably who I paid the least attention to uh just because I guess, you know, going into the game, I didn't know exactly what to expect but i just you know uh, conway is the first character that you take control of so conway i think was the character i most identified with as me even though uh it becomes apparent pretty soon that you sort of control everybody uh in a in at certain points in times um but m- the more and more people that we'd pick up i'd be like Right, cool, you've got a story, but I'm also like still trying to figure out this first story already, so take a back seat, kid. Uh, <laughs> and I had that sort of mindset at the beginning, but I think towards, towards the end, I opened up more to being like, okay, let's just hear everybody's stories. And I guess if we've already given the spoiler warning, Conway doesn't even make it uh, all yeah, the way hmm. to the end. So I was like...
0: Conway o- owed his cool. soul to the... <laughs> To the electric company. That's right, the power company got him. And I would yeah. say, on a technicality,
1: yeah, um, so weird how the the relationship kind of works there, and the feelings of like having to do uh, what you what you have to do, I guess,
0: mm-hmm. being set out to do.
1: And uh, yeah, uh, Conway talks about I think multiple times he at least can have options to say like everybody's got a job or you got to do the job that you've got um, to work. I think is very important to him.
0: I was uh, incredibly drawn to Junebug and Johnny. I thought they had some of the most um, some of the most rich storytelling options because they were drifters. They uh, were in town just for a little bit, or they were just passing through, doing their thing. Um, they're punks, which I love. Uh, Junebug, I think, is a robot because when she walks, I hear like robot sounds. I think they may both be robots, really. Um, I think so too. Yeah, yeah, because they, it sounded like what they were was they were like mining androids, um, and you know. I'm sure there's a great three-hour YouTube video about the (laughs) entire lore and story of Kentucky Route Zero told over the course of, like, a a two-and-a-half-year, like, research thing. And, you know, I really appreciate that exists, but I also don't think it matters what the lore is or what the story is. I think all you take with you is what you, like, ultimately get either at the end or when you're done playing. The story that you uh, put in is the story that you get out. And I spent a lot of time and energy really building this relationship between Junebug and Johnny because I uh, was so invested in it. I cared so deeply about these two characters. And uh, when it came to the point where Junebug was able to recognize that Johnny wasn't as happy being just alone, the two of them, I kind of had to make this decision where I could say... We should just do this ourselves, or I could have said we should talk about this later. Um, but I felt personally that there was a character who was, you know, wanting something, either like a companion, a pet, you know, and another character who didn't have something and didn't need something, but also, you know, didn't need to be left alone in Ezra. Um, And it just kind of became this perfect little found family moment, and I couldn't resist. I absolutely decided that Ezra needed to go with Junebug and Johnny, and it felt so uh, gratifying later on because I had spent that time, like, really learning what Johnny wanted and really, like, I guess working with Junebug. It's weird because, like, at no point did I ever feel like I controlled a character. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, um, e- even times when you thought you were in control, all of a sudden uh, it would switch you to the other character in the same yes. conversation, and yes, those uh, are my
0: favorite to like have an option for like someone to cut in.
1: Yeah, and then like all of a sudden uh, the person that you were just controlling is now uh, bringing up the text that they're predetermined to bring up, and you as the other person are getting to choose uh, a different between different responses. Uh, and that, was, that those were really cool moments.
0: Yeah, really interesting. Um, I guess then, uh, now that we've talked about some of the bits and pieces that we really enjoyed about the story and about engaging with the story, got a really hard question for you guys. Was the gameplay enough for you?
2: Yeah. Yeah, for what it was. <laughs> All right, yeah, thanks for joining, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, like, I, it's just so wholly unique from, like, anything I've ever played before, personally, Um, even, like, just the quick, uh, click and point genre that I think for what it is and what kind of story it's telling, um, as long as he has the patience for it, I think it's fine for what, for what it's doing yeah I
0: think that's the the integral bit there is patience uh I found myself really loving a lot of the like slow time spent like building out the story kind of just like you know being uh, absolutely like filled up with uh vibes i I was just vibes coming out my ears listening to this game and playing it but uh, a lot of time I also spent really like kind of uh resenting this like feeling of obligation to a single structure when uh, a lot of the act breaks and some of those like later chapters uh, break structure in such a unique and fun way Um, and and it did make me a little upset later on to just be like okay well but I spent all this time like moving a wheel across like this map in order to like get to a location, meanwhile, like the getting to the location isn't like ver- very very uh, crucial. It- there's no urgency really, and uh, it made me feel a little uh, impatient at some points. Um, my girlfriend probably heard me a lot uh, yesterday. Uh, in the final act, you play as a cat and you get to run around and you get to talk to people. And uh, you get to hear their stories. And I think a lot of that time is spent trying to find, like, the last couple conversations you need to, like, have before you can initiate the next story bit. And I found myself being pretty frustrated that, like, you know, in a game that, like, took so much time not making you check boxes, why would you end on, like, this kind of, like, list of chores you have to do?
1: Yeah, yeah, so for your question of was the gameplay enough i would say no uh because there's barely any and (laughs) i wonder if i would have felt different uh playing the chapters as they came out maybe um like if i had more time to sit with each one and then have more time to sit with it after and i think i'm i think i alluded to this uh, vince and i were talking just before we started recording this might be one that i enjoy more after I've been sitting with it for a while and more time has passed, I may have done a disservice um, playing it just, like, all the way through uh, over the last week Um, because yeah, going going one chapter, like, straight into the next, I I think there was a little bit of impatience of, like, some of these characters just talk about nothing for so (laughs) long, and I just came to get like, one thing from you, you know, and if Please you're not in, tell
0: us where to <laughs> find a crystal.
1: Yeah, just tell us where to go. And if you're not in the right mind space to just like sit in to, and listen to these people's life stories, uh, you're not actually doing much more. So you better get in that mood and, and get ready to strap in.
2: It's like being in the mood for a really slow movie, right? Like you've like, like you're here for it and you got to strap yourself in. You can't just be like, you know, checking your phone every once in a while, kind of like. You know, tapping your knees like oh when's this over yeah mm-hmm. this
0: game has big jim jarmusch energy and i think that's like to its credit you know that's a that's a high compliment all my all my cine heads out there know what i'm talking about uh to everyone else i will not elaborate um but i i do kind of want to talk about like where what you felt like the inspirations were in this game and like what this game sort of reminded you of, uh, it gave me, like, you know, like you mentioned, Michael, like, sitting with this thing uh, episodically may have been better than, like, trying to binge it. And it did remind me a lot of some of my favorite television shows, like Twin Peaks and True Detective, you know. It's got this, like, really, like, strangely supernatural, uh, influence behind it, but it's also got this kind of like uh Southern Gothic vibe as well that I love seeing in any media, any media at all.
1: Yeah. I would love to know more about, um, the inspirations because like I, uh, mentioned before with some of the visuals, but I feel like just the way the story takes or the path, uh, that the story takes as well is so surreal. Um, and kind of, uh, I think, uh, magical or something like that is uh, how the game is described. And uh, yeah, so that's like a really cool vibe, but at the same time, I think that's part of what makes it uh, confusing and just like a lot to process. I
0: feel like if I had played this game over the same course of time that a uh high budget or like high profile tv series was maybe airing on um uh hbo like if i played this game in the amount of time it took a season of the sopranos to come out i probably would feel like much more warmly about a lot of the topics and a lot of the narrative and sort of the uh The book-like qualities of the game's writing, you know, I feel like I'd probably feel a little more warmly about it. But that's the thing, it's a video game, and I feel like if you're missing urgency, you're kind of, like, not pushing your player to continue to play the game. And I don't mean that as in, like, a, this is a game I never finish. But I found myself, like, the sessions of playtime playing it kind of, like, getting shorter and shorter and shorter because I knew that there was going to be so much more and I just didn't know how much more, like, I guess, lecturing I-, I wanted to do in a in a single game that didn't really ask anything else of me but to, like, listen.
1: Mm.
2: You're definitely, like... I kind of wish I would have, like, started playing this when it started releasing, right? Like, you're definitely, I think, supposed to ingest it over a very long period of time. And, like, yeah. I, it, does that speak to, like, the overall quality of the game? Maybe, kind of. Like, just, you know, it is a video game and meant to be played on your own time. But at the same token, it's like, I don't know. Stay in mind, right?
0: Yeah. And, yeah. and I do think that this is going to be like a good one to return to later on, like you were saying, Michael.
1: Yeah, and just um, sort of uh, branching off where this uh, conversation, I feel, is sort of headed. I know one of the next uh, questions you've got on here is sort of about how you feel about episodic narratives in games. And I, I was thinking about that, and do think it's kind of interesting um, how, yeah, you know, if we had experienced this game as it was coming out, maybe we would feel different. Um, But as with any episodic game, once they're all out, anyone that comes to it later uh, has access to all of it and is probably going to uh, binge it or at least play it more frequently than they would have been getting uh, the drops uh, before. So in a way yeah now you know there is kind of that time and place but now it's just the game you know there we we, you don't really have to worry about the episodes it's just that whole experience so we kind of have to judge it as that whole experience
0: i think a good uh counter uh game to bring up that kind of like I, I could only imagine was amazing playing it as each episode dropped, but is still a wonderful thing as a full package, and I'd be able to play two episodes in a single sitting, uh, is The Wolf Among Us. You know, yeah. a, a really wonderful um, detective game. A really great uh, visual storytelling tool, and a lot of ways to interact with it that uh, does uh, kind of smack of like Kentucky Route Zero's way that you tell the story in uh the wolf among us it's combative but uh in kentucky route zero it's cooperative uh you get to take the time to kind of tell the story you want to with the characters you want to in the wolf among us you're bigby wolf you're here to solve a murder and if anyone gets in your way well it's their bad luck i guess you know Um, And it does ask you to make choices. And it asks you to make them pretty quickly, too. Something that I think is missing in Kentucky Route Zero that maybe, you know, was maybe over-apparent in The Wolf Among Us is, like, pacing. It, It is about, like, getting to the next thing. If you take too long in a room, a character, like, is more likely to just show up. um are there any games nathan that you've uh played that are episodic narratives or maybe like had a uh larger release window outside of
2: just like a singular drop um probably one of the telltale games i mean like like you said wolf among us was probably one of them um walking dead you know all that whole series outside of that i don't think i've played much episodic um based games yeah it's i mean it's a cool format i've just never been a part of like start uh begun something with a game that just is dropping periodically and then saw it through to the end I'm trying to figure
0: out. It looks like that um, the Telltale Walking Dead game came out in uh, 2012, so it would have been uh, just before Kentucky Route Zero released. But their uh, Kickstarter campaign started in 2011, so I think what maybe yeah, I think what we're looking at is uh, two diverging paths, and I think uh, the one that maybe like i'm doing air quotes now one is uh the one that did have kind of like an urgency it was combative it was quick paced um and i don't think that's right and i don't think that's wrong and i think if you were like i love kentucky route zero and hate all telltale games that's fine and honestly i think i'd like kind of applaud that um not that i think uh Telltale made bad games. I think they made bad business decisions, uh, but I think uh, as far as a game like Kentucky Route Zero goes, it is kind of hard to uh, really like scrutinize it that much for like not being a different game when it is so unique in its storytelling. I think, I think the thing that I keep coming back to is that it's not, <laughs> it's not trying to make you the enemy. It's not trying to like fight against you or trick you it's kind of just inviting you to follow the thread that you're most interested in and it makes it very difficult to like go back and try something else
2: uh, I was kind of like thinking about like you know we're talking about episodics and we're talking about how like Kentucky River Zero Zero like, came out when it did and what was it the first four episodes were released in what a three year span essentially yeah just and about then- Okay, and then the final one was released, I think, three or four years, like, after that. Yeah, man. 2020. That's a crazy gap. And I was just like, I think even in that, there's something worth talking about, right? Especially, like, thematically what's going on in Kentucky Route Zero and what it's trying to say with these various characters, And the times it came out and what was going on in our own country at the time as well I think there's a lot intertwined there Um, or maybe I'm reading into it too much that could be as well but just considering everything how it happens throughout the story even towards the end and what is currently even just going on to this day I think there's something to be said being through with that right
0: there's a lot of uh, talk in the end of the game about rebuilding, so you may be onto something there, Nathan. Uh, but Michael, you had something that you wanted to say?
1: Yeah, I was just going to say on the point of urgency, uh, kind of surrounding this conversation. Um, you know, none of the acts I felt of uh, Kentucky Route Zero really leave off on a cliffhanger where you're like, I "Need, I need Act Two right now." <laughs> uh, but I feel like when you're playing the Telltale games, they, like, purposefully end uh, chapters on cliffhangers where they're like, ooh, you better be waiting and ready and excited for that next one coming out in a month or two. (laughs) Um, So I don't know what my point exactly was other than just to bring about that difference of, you know, obviously the timetable was not, like, something they were as worried about for Kentucky Route Zero. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we've talked a lot about like the characters themselves, right, and the sh- their story in um, throughout this game, and when you meet meeting different characters and everything, and just kind of going back to what I was saying earlier. What do you think this game <clears throat> thematically is saying? Like, because there's, I-, I think it's like pretty dense, honestly. There's a lot going on, but I mean. All these, none of these characters are happy, right? <laughs> none of them yeah. are really happy, and they're all living in the states. And I think there's something to be said about these working class people, kind of meandering, trying to make a living. And the developers are definitely like, I, 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 mean, think even, it's I don't the, even want to say alluding, like they are definitely saying something about like the current state of. I think it's about like failing.
1: Like, the failed American dream. Like, the failure of corporations to do good. Uh, You know, like you said, all of these people are... uh, None of them come out right and say, like, I'm so desperate and disappointed and um, uh, depressed right now. But everybody is kind of destitute and moving on. And trying to find where to go next, because things have fallen apart, uh, the things that they thought were going to be the American dream are are not true, you know
0: yeah, and uh, they're the only ones. the rest of America's fine um, <laughs> yeah i I really do think the game is about uh more or less decay uh it is about things passing um, I don't know about y'all, but the old dog wasn't in the last chapter with me um i couldn't find him i didn't see him and um i don't know if that is a direct direct symbol of conway leaving the story or not i don't know maybe it was just an old dog maybe i was really expecting the dog to be some kind of like strange orchestrator of like events i was ready for him to kind of be like pulling the strings uh, <laughs> but kentucky route 0 isn't that kind of game uh it's not trying I to i know there's
1: there's like i uh, i had a similar feeling like waiting for like the mystery to reveal itself but that's not that's not really what happens
2: i mean the mystery is like you know capitalism sucks <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the yeah. revelation you know
0: <laughs> i know and I walked away being like, I knew that already! <laughs> uh, one thing I actually did kind of want to talk about uh, were these act breaks. Um, I completely forgot to mention them when we were talking about gameplay, uh, but this is where the game shines for me. This is when it's so, so good. Um, the the play that was put on in the bar being kind of like a, a non-diegetic, like, kind of observational, but also, like, interactable scene Uh, was really wonderful I had to press X a bunch because people were talking slower than I could read Uh, but it was a very very interesting uh, way of letting us know what happens in this place what happens to these people in this town Uh, Michael did you have a favorite act break?
1: Um, My favorite act break was probably that same one you were mentioning Um, and actually what was was that one the same one, or was it the one right before where I think we... No, I think that one is the one where they talk about Junebug and Johnny for the first time. Is that yeah. right?
0: Yeah, when they show up. Also, when they do show up and you get to pick the lyrics to the song, that's that's actually my favorite part of the game. Cause uh, that
1: was probably my favorite moment. Yeah, that was a great scene. Um, yeah, That one was really good, and... um. I, I think I agree. Like you said, I think they're integral because they give you so much more information, kind of about characters and areas um, where main acts might have left you a little wanting.
0: Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known about um, the whiskey company and how they had operated if I hadn't mm-hmm. watched that scene. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have felt so uh, grimly about visiting the graveyard and seeing like the the white chalk notes underneath tombstones being like a little too peaty it's like
1: uh (laughs) what (laughs) (laughs) yeah those those act breaks are the real lore dumps though Mm -hmm. Nathan what about you did you have a
0: standout one
2: yeah so so the one I liked it wasn't necessarily because I enjoyed the actual like act break itself like going through it like it was actually super tedious and I was like okay when does this end but like thinking about like the effects and what it alludes to later on, I really enjoy the um the phone one where you're talking through the answering machine. For for a couple reasons. The first one is like everybody has been through that, right? Just endlessly pressing through buttons, like through talking to a machine, trying to get to where you want to. Trying it's, to
0: get helpful information and then learning about bat language. Yes, yes.
2: <laughs> it's the worst thing in the world, right? It's absolutely horrible so that's one reason and the other is that you come to find out later that it's all done by like one guy like out of this like uh out of this place and it used to be multiple people working to like keep this infrastructure up but they were all laid off and he like even acknowledges like yeah a machine's probably gonna replace me someday and this sucks but this is like just what i'm gonna do and just i don't know it it, it it was just cool to see that connection and how that plays out and lastly that's a real phone number because I called it because I oh,
0: thought you were supposed to call it and get information on what to do next
1: you know, that would have been really cool <laughs> I
0: uh, for a while didn't know how to lift up the receiver I was like this is a phone I can't interact with it I hadn't moved the joystick once because I'm an idiot but I saw the phone number, and I went for it, because I thought that was cool. I thought that would have been a cool way to play it. Um, and it, uh, it was a real number. It was a real number, and it was the same number. Uh, and you could follow those paths and get all those different kind of like dialogue options. So at one point, I uh, found out a little piece of an information in the uh, game about an extension, and I thought that was the clue. So I called the extension on my cell phone, And uh, it basically was just like, congrats, you did it. And then like booted me back to the main menu. I was like, man, (laughs)
1: whatever.
0: Uh, Now you can't
1: figure out how to unsubscribe from (laughs) Batfax.
0: I know. I'm going to get Batfax sent direct to my phone every month until I die. Just the way it should be. All right, y'all. It's time. We got to put it to a vote. We got to decide whether... Our game of the month for July 2021, Kentucky Route Zero, gets the hardcore seal of approval. Remember, it's a majority vote. We gotta figure this out, and we
1: gotta lay down some hard truths. Michael, I'll let you start. Oh man! All right. Uh, This is getting a thumbs down for me. Um, It's uh, like I said. Maybe I. I think I enjoyed the experience overall and maybe I will enjoy it more kind of as it sits with me. But as a game, I can't say I was having a ton of fun playing it. Uh, It was more of a movie that you click through. Um, And at a certain point, I would have rather been playing a game that I clicked through. I wish I could have said uh, that the narrative was really engrossing me and and dragging me, like forcing me through it. Um, But I thought it was more interesting. And, you know, I was willing to go through it because... I just am, and I wanted to be able to have the discussion, but I don't think it's going to be one I'm recommending to uh every gamer I know, maybe some gamers that you know are are big readers or something, but I've got to give it a thumbs down unfortunately. all right, Nathan, where do you stand?
2: Yeah, so currently, as I've told you guys before, I'm having kind of a tough time at my job. It's been a few months in, and it's still been pretty rough. You know, work-life balance is kind of butt. Um, and playing through this, where it is told entirely through people who also do not enjoy their occupations, <laughs> and, you know, having just depressive episodes every day with this game and my own life, maybe made me a little biased, but... I will probably have to say a thumbs down. I will probably look back at this experience more fondly, but it's not one I can like outright be like, yeah, you should check this out. Uh, you know, be in the right mood to do so, but yeah.
0: I uh, am very excited years down the line when I can play Kentucky Route Zero again, uh, because maybe, maybe Kentucky Route Zero is an old man's game. Maybe it's for people that... Have a lot of life and uh really are patient enough to listen to all of the stories however that was not me i think that i did this game dirty and i think the game did me dirty in return um so it's gonna give me uh, be a thumbs down from me as well however um, i do not want to make this sound like we didn't like the game. I think I did really like the game. The more I talk about it, I just think that playing a whole game and only being asked to press X is—it's uh, gonna be a hard sell for me. Especially when this game doesn't really—you know—there's no puzzles in this game.
1: Yeah, man, that's uh, that's what it's like with the voting system that we decided <laughs> on. Uh, we the game really... doesn't get a score; it gets a <laughs> yes or a no
0: we shot ourselves in the foot with uh our are making friends with developers somewhere down the line at some point a game is just going to get all thumbs down and we just going to have to be like man i wish it didn't
1: <laughs> i feel like it's- we gave the game its due though you know we had a pretty good discussion and i think i think uh like you said Vince after this discussion i actually enjoy it more uh sort of having some of it um processed with with a group but yeah, playing playing through it, you know, and like I said, just kind of yeah. like as a fun game. I don't know if I can give that my thumbs up. vote.
2: I knew this was going to be a good discussion, right? Just because of the kind of game it is. And I think it's great when we have like our like shooters and everything that we can just like mindlessly go through and like, yeah, that was really fun. I got to kill the guy. And then this one was like, well, I, I think this game says this about this part of, you know, so that's kind of cool.
0: This game wasn't very fun but it made me think a lot
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and so i guess one other like last point that i would like to still say is like even though it did get uh the thumbs down i would say like if you do uh if you do have interest in it i would have said it is it is worth playing and getting through to the end of Mm -hmm. um, absolutely yeah
0: Yeah, uh, tune in next month for Hardcore Book Club, where I tear a copy of Infinite Jest in half. (laughs) Well, uh, that's going to wrap things up for this episode of the Hardcore Gamer Show, and we'll be back next month with our Game Club pick for August 2021. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, This was a really wonderful discussion. I really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed this game. Uh, My name is Vincent Hand, this has been the Hardcore Gamer Show, Gamers out.